0: This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured?
1: You just can't let them go? Go. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? (laughs) Please, God. (laughs) This. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. Give me back it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They
0: all down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why? You're
1: doomed. You're all
0: doomed. show tonight, Howling Under the Full Moon, we will explore Charles Band's Empire Full Moon Entertainment. We've got trancers, sci-fi epics, and vampires all in one place. When you need a break from reality, let our host show you through the madhouse of killer bombs, psychopathic cookies, and maniacal puppets. Don't be a squid, and join us in the fun. Oh boy! What's that? What is this place? They've been protecting the Tulan family for generations. He's
1: found the formula.
0: Alrighty, folks. Welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration and our Howling at the Full Moon show. We have—I uh, want to say—not an oddity, not a, a good little ditty. We have something that is really off the rails. Full Moon entertainment stuff. It's uh, not exactly full moon, but it's not exactly not full moon. We are doing the one and only made-for-sci-fi channel original Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys from 2004. And then, much like my uh, wonderful co-host here, Dustin Hubbard, how, how the hell are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing just fan fucking
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you forgiven me yet for making I- you watch this again? i will i I we could have at least waited for christmas but (laughs) uh this is like listen like like listen it it, it, you know don't don't do this to me again no not like you're gonna make the holidays worse just don't don't send me a present that's a dvd copy of this movie (laughs) so folks at home i hope you'll forgive me uh uh quicker than dustin here will forgive me but uh if if I have to make an excuse for myself, is that I finally saw this movie, which is out of print. Uh, I think you said it only came out on DVD through Anchor Bay, which is you know of course a, a you know a, a, a company that is no longer in print, no longer in business. So this movie is long since out of print, and I wasn't about to spend 65 dollars on buying this uh, this uh, hunk of shitty celluloid. But when I saw that it was uh, being streamed. Ah, uh, for free on Tubi. I thought, why not peel the band-aid off and watch this thing? It's been uh, almost 20 years in the making, and it's been 18 years since this movie came out. And I, had, other than seeing a little clip or a trailer on uh, YouTube, I have never seen this movie. So today was a first-time watch for me. And uh, so I gotta ask, I gotta ask, dude. So, well, before we start kind of dissecting this movie a little bit by little bit,
1: mm-hmm. what was
0: your what was your first impressions of this movie versus what your impressions are of it now? Or has, has it changed at
1: all Um, a little bit, yeah, so w- way, way way back and you know probably around I want to say it was going into like you know the the season in two thousand four uh, when this was gearing up for a premiere on sci-fi I remember I much younger me was uh, working at the movie theater, and I had my little friend click we'd have movie parties all the time, you know and um when this was coming out it was a big deal you know this movie we talked about for years so we you know started marathoning all of them you know over the course of like a week or so leading up to it and we watched one through uh, unfortunately eight <laughs> and uh,
0: and that's legacy isn't it yep and then,
1: yeah. and you know this this t- in, in my household movies like this would be an event movie I took off work you know. I was home, ready. Had the you know the snacks and the soda ready. You know, had some friends over, and we made a big viewing party of it. And we were watching it, and we were, um, not overly thrilled with the final product that we were given. <laughs> and uh, I remained a not fan of this movie for a long time afterwards. Um, I remember meeting Corey Feldman. It hadn't come out on DVD yet, or I would have gotten him to sign my dvd of it just to see the look on his face but uh, (laughs) in in equal comparison he wasn't happy signing my dvd of citizen Toxie either so i got the same general effect but um
0: because he had the sign of his kinky finkelstein didn't he (laughs) he, he
1: i'm joking i'm joking all the movies you could have brought you brought this and i'm like yep (laughs) so so i mean i i was not A fan of it per se I don't think that it was the movie that it should have been or that it could have been necessarily even under the Paramount roof uh, when it was originally supposed to be Puppet Master 4 so uh, I've seen it a number of times over the years since and I'm not as I'm not as hateful on it it's it's grown on me a little bit in that I can appreciate the the silliness and just kind of general what the fuck kind of vibe of the movie Uh, i'm still not gonna say that it's like it's not it's not a good movie though it's definitely i mean of the existing 14 puppet master movies that's including the two not canon on full moon produced movies being this and littlest reich i would put it down towards the bottom of the list of the ones that are out
0: I would have to say this and, and Legacy are probably the two worst. It's got it's got to be one it's of the hands two,
1: hands down the absolute most unwatchable piece of garbage, humanly possible. But um, it's better than that. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: uh well, that before we get too deep into it, let me give them the, the folks listening at home that haven't tuned out already and and. Have, unsubscribed and unliked everything that they've seen cinema degeneration wise just because we picked this turd (laughs) because uh because we're gonna we're gonna do it anyway we're gonna we're gonna sally forth here i'm gonna give the quick imdb synopsis for puppet master versus demonic toys all right here we go a group of toy makers seek to use Andre Toulon's formula now in the hands of Toulon's great nephew Robert to give life to a line of killer toys that they plan to unleash on Christmas Eve. And that's uh, fair, fair enough. I mean, it's uh, it's, it's a simple synopsis for, for a very simple film. And my first uh, thought on this movie, other than I don't understand how this was directed by the same man who did the subspecies movies, Ted Nicolaou, and, you know, we've interviewed him here on the show and I, I didn't ask him about this movie because I knew it's, it's a sore spot, you know, but I just want to ask him what was the paycheck worth it? Was a paycheck worth it, sir? I hope it was because this movie is just, I've, I've rarely found other than, you know, it, it's a fun movie. I'll give it that much. It's not boring. It's a fun movie. It's got a lot of laughs in it, but it is I'm laughing at it. I'm not laughing with it. If that makes any sense.
1: Yes, definitely. It's 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 definitely a movie that in tone is not meant to be taken seriously. It's not. It's funny because C. Courtney Joiner also wrote Part Three, which is considered to be you know the the masterwork of the franchise. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's the fan considered best film in my opinion it is the best puppet master movie uh, next to two um so it's kind of funny to go from that to to this uh quality wise and tone wise because one is very or three is very serious i mean they're fighting nazis and there's a lot of heavy-handed content but it's handled really well and slickly this one everything's just sort of silly and tongue-in-cheek and everything just has this super goofy vibe and even the the puppets are played fairly straight they just come off dorky and the toys just come off as like chintzy like comedic crap Yeah, the, <laughs> I don't these, know.
0: these toys I don't know. especially Jack Attack is just like the dollar general the great value brand br- uh, of, of, of toys like all
1: the, what do you want like? You know, I mean, I I, maybe I'm not the best judge of that either, because, you know, we haven't discussed this publicly yet. But, you know, I love Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. I think that's a I think that's a great sequel, despite the fact that it's like, you know, 45 percent stock footage. But I love the toys in that movie. And I think Baby Oopsie is like top notch in that movie. And, you know, Jaxxel is cool, but like... Baby Oopsie is her worst version in this. I can't even say her, because Oopsie's like a dude in this one.
0: Yeah, that, that was a little bit
1: jarring. Got like a boy's voice, and it's very like this like I'm not even gonna try and do the accent, but it's like this very cliche like bronx, like tough guy kind of mook sounding, like calling girls tits and stuff, and it's just like I know you're trying to make like they were. I feel like they were trying to bring a certain vibe to the character that they could, based on it being on television, because oopsie can't say fuck in 2004 on Sci-Fi Channel. If this movie had been made today in a post chucky world, oh right, they yeah, get, they would have they would have gotten oops, away with a lot more. They could get Oopsie to say fuck and probably a whole lot worse because that was always one of the signatures of that character is is she's extremely foul. And very R-rated just based on her dialogue alone. In this movie, oopsie, is the most neutered, dumb thing. And I've said this before numerous times to other people. I'm not a fan of the the one defense mechanism she uses. The fart uh,
0: rocket. Yeah, when it, when the back hatch of her, her, her pants drops and then she just fart rockets at people. She
1: like herself through the air with like her flatulence. I don't that's taking things to like a whole new level of like childish stupidity that, you know, and I've heard it said that full moon movies are like, you know, kids horror movies for adults, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does. Yeah. Or like the child, it's still inside of grownups, but like, I kind of grew out of fart humor a long time ago and I just don't find it charming or endearing or funny. It's kind of like watching a trauma movie, you know. I used to find a lot of the mentalities in those movies, and there's a lot of potty humor and inappropriate kind of content in those. Poop, but it's poop and like, fart jokes, yeah. I kind to of grow out of it, and I'm just like, okay, well, you know, can can you do something else and impress me? Because I'm not 12 anymore. <laughs> I don't laugh at the same things. I've grown up with you, didn't you grow up too? Apparently That's not.
0: right. Yeah, I was going to say, apparently not
1: um and she's she's her worst uh, like you said uh jack attack looks super Ch- cheap it doesn't even look like the same kind of clown honestly he's no super it does like, it
0: looks very chintzy it just looks really very cheap
1: because he's got like confetti and sh- some like streamer shit in his tube and i don't know he looks like he got plastic surgery or something on his face because he doesn't look normal and honestly like the, the teddy or the Grizzly, whatever you want to call him, he just looks sort of. It looks kind of like a little teddy bear thing that my dog Chewy used to have. He just he looks just like a cheap stuffed toy, not like not like a movie prop.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, like I thought that the they did the dump demonic toys wrong in this movie. Like they did they did them wrong on many levels, but like demonic
1: the worse than the puppets are i think
0: yeah the puppets are are considerably better than the you know what i mean the, than the demonic toys but like they're still not done right they don't yeah. look right the best probably looking one out of the bunch and you may disagree with me on this i mean it's fine <laughs> but like blade is the only one that looks kind of legit but the rest of them just don't look good and like six shooter my god, man, looks so freaking cheap. And like, where is Tundler? And where is Leech Woman? Why did they not exist in this world?
1: There's been rumors that this was originally gonna follow after the events of part two, but it wasn't really true. It's kind of its own standalone thing, even though they do reference events from part three with the Nazis. But I don't know. I don't know what the decision for that was. There's some weird decisions as far as who got used and who didn't. Um, because Blade is obviously like has to be there and Pinhead, you know, and I just, a six shooter is like a fan favorite. so say, yeah, he's got to kind of be there. The money was there, so I did have him there. So I but did you th- also
0: feel like they tried too hard to tell us who each one of these puppets were because they call them out by name like at every turn, like, Oh, Pinhead, oh, Blade. And it's like, This is Blade, do you remember him? Like, it's like, Yeah, if, yeah. if we're here watching it, we know who these people, who it's these so puppets like, are.
1: Reminds me of like seeing Freddy versus Jason in the theater, and it has to open with like that really stupid prologue with Robert and Linda's like living Freddy, and he's like, Ah, I've done this and that, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I'm watching a movie called Freddy versus jason if i'm dumb enough to watch a movie called that and not have any prior knowledge then i deserve to not know what's going on i don't need a recap of jack shit i don't need to be told who's who i don't need to be told anyone's backstories give me the movie i'm paying to watch you know right right exactly that movie pay off i'll stand firm on the of any or most of any movies with the word "versus" in the title, Freddy versus Jason delivers on the word "versus" because the last act of that movie is an all-out battle royale between the two of them. It is blood. Oh yeah, the last
0: twenty or thirty. Yeah, the last twenty or thirty minutes is just nothing but action fest. Actual
1: fight where both sides. Have a good fighting chance, you know? Every other Versus movie you watch, this included, the fight happens like five minutes before the movie ends, and one side is clearly more powerful than the other, and the losing team goes down far too easily and quickly. And, you know, I guess one thing that this movie can benefit from is, is that anytime you do a Versus type film, So you've got two bad guys that you're pitting against each other, it's kind of an unspoken rule that you need one to be the sympathetic one that the audience can relate with. So you need to have sort of a default good guy. So it was good for this movie in that we had already been accustomed to the puppets playing both sides as sometimes they're good, sometimes they're evil. It's just a matter of them being a product of whoever the master is so if it's a good master they're they're good puppets if they're an evil master they're they're evil puppets so we can accept them being good guys fighting for the good cause the demonic toys they're demonic <laughs> yeah i'll <laughs> say one fre- thing
0: they've they've done they have never made the the demonic toys flip-flop from one side to the other they've never done that
1: these sides make sense whereas you watch freddie versus jason and they're like oh Jason's you know he's They tried to, you know, I've I've read in things where they tried to, you know, they wanted to give Jason this sort of sympathetic Phantom of the Opera type vibe, you know, like he's this unjust victim and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. (laughs) I don't need any of that.
0: He's a murderer. He's a mass murderer, serial killer, you know, I mean, come on.
1: He's just as evil as Freddy. He just doesn't vocalize it. (laughs) So
0: he doesn't have little, little quippy one liners, you know? He's but not, he's not mean, the baby oopsie of the group.
1: exactly So I mean, it, it, yeah, I don't know. i it makes sense for them to be evil in this movie. You know, I again, I kind of question, I guess you know you don't really have after fourteen movies, okay, with Puppet Master. There's a lot of puppets. So there's a lot of characters that you could pick and choose from. For a movie like this, I wouldn't have used Jester. I know a lot of people who love Jester. I think Jester's useless and worthless. He does nothing as a character. He doesn't kill anyone. He's garbage. That's a controversial statement. But I don't think he's any good. If I had made this, I would have replaced him with Tunnelman.
0: Yeah, or at least like Tunneler or Leech Woman. I, I like either one of them much, much better. Oh, Hell's even of my
1: one of my all-time favorite puppets. Period. Time and yeah. Torch are my top. Yeah, like and Adolf where was Torch t- during this? You know exactly. Like where where Adolf were Adolf they? I mean- well, you know that's the thing too that with the you know some of the early promotional art for Puppet Master was demonic toys in the in the full moon or in the uh, Paramount era featured characters like Torch and uh, Mister Static. From demonic toys who that's my favorite demonic toy technically is mr static so i got
0: see, see mine got, has always been uh is, is a toss-up between baby oopsie and jack attack that's why when i saw what jack attack looked like in this one i, I literally turned into don corleone he was like what have they done to my boy <laughs>
1: i think he for me narrows out jack just because she's more of a character and jack isn't right but right or static isn't either he i just think he looks like a cool little toy robot that shoots lasers at people so <laughs> so <laughs> right. that's one of my favorite you know non-tulan puppets in the puppet master series is blitzkrieg from the axis uh trilogy because i love an evil little tank robot honestly <laughs> i love tank at the end of curse of the puppet master i just have a thing for i love little like tank toy <laughs> type of things. So I I like Mr. Static, but you know, we didn't we didn't get him. So well, we didn't even get the zombie toy. The or, I mean he's not even a zombie toy, zombie or I don't even remember what they call him the the toy soldier G.I. Joe knockoff from Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah George I don't know which one you mean but I don't <laughs> I even like him. I he was like zombie toy or something. I don't know. But like I, I even like him more than
0: I do like but man yeah this this movie <laughs> this. It, it hits all the wrong notes everything about like it they're, is just, they're trying it just it doesn't I just don't think everything gels. Well what, what I found interesting and I know we talked about this a little bit off the air was that originally it was supposed to be the play Robert Toulon was supposed to be they had written it with Fred Willard in mind. Yes which I would have thought would have been like That would have been explosive. That would have been great.
1: Because Fred Willard
0: is naturally funny.
1: Would have been incredible. And that might sound to some viewers like that might sound like a weird choice if they're familiar with Fred Willard, because Fred Willard was a very esteemed comedic actor, you know, especially in a lot of the Christopher Guest type films, you know. But um for perspective, Fred Willard was the lead star of Dakota's hysteria three which was right around the same period that this had originally been being developed so fred willard would have made sense (laughs) but they went went from from the roof but they went from fred willard to Corey
0: fucking feldman and if there's one thing you can count on i i'm not a feldman fan i i apologize to anybody listening at home that is a feldman fan Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, I'm just not a fan of his stuff. There's a few of his things I like. As far as I'm concerned, you can count on—you can always count on Feldman to do one thing, and that's to ruin shit. <laughs> and he is just—he—he uh, he talks and acts like he's 60 years old or 70 years old in this movie, but he's like very clearly like he's 33. You know, it's—it's it's like he's supposed to have this like grown teenage daughter, this 18, 19 years old. It's like, wait, wait, so. He,
1: you fathered her when you were like fourteen. Like I, feel like it's. I feel like it's a case where the script was written with a Fred Willard type in mind, of a 60 ish year old dude, and then Fred Willard wasn't in the mix for whatever reason, and maybe Feldman just came up and they're like, "Yeah, let's go with Feldman," because I mean, you know, he's Corey Feldman, you know. So yeah, he's got a name. He's he's got let's, let's you that. Know. But it just—I feel like there wasn't, and maybe they, maybe it was a thought. I don't know. But I, from an outsider's perspective, looking in, it felt like they just didn't really put a lot of thought into the idea of the way the script was written for it to be an older, mature man. And we've got Corey Feldman pretending to be an old man with powder in his hair to make it look like he's graying.
0: Yeah, I was questioning. I made a uh, a note about his hair. Like, what the fuck up is what is up with a? feldman's voice in this movie because he talks like he's supposed to be 60 but i couldn't tell like if it was a wig or if
1: it was powder in his hair i couldn't tell i believe they put baby powder in his hair is what that was and um i mean which it's a is a common method to try and make someone's hair look grayer by putting baby powder in their hair but the and it could be a way the movie was directed to. No slide on Ted Nicolau because he's a very capable director. But I feel oh, like very capable. Everybody's perform-
0: got everybody's got to misfire, mis- And, you know, I ain't going to hate on him for but- like
1: the performances were probably they feel like they had to have been directed to be very high camp because Feldman's like more of a cartoon character than some of like the little creatures in this movie. He's more animated than his own puppets.
0: Yeah, I made a point to make uh, that uh, a note here that, like, he's trying to be Doc Brown is what he's trying to do. He's trying to be, like, a more gravelly-voiced Doc Brown from Back to the Future, but he just, like, he misses the mark.
1: Just without any of the gravitas
0: of Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, and the, the acting overall, you know, I used to this—you uh, know a little bit more than I do on, on this, or actually a lot bit more on this. You said this was filmed in Bulgaria?
1: Yes, this is yes. A very— very early yeah bulgarian production so uh so full moon then- had pretty much up stakes out of romania at that point and you know when this was made it was under the shadow entertainment slash kushner lock regime you know and uh charlie just kind of you know he sold the rights to you know for a one-off film to sci-fi and they kind of went about their way he got his honorary executive producer credit even though he officially he had no real involvement in this film it's the same as littlest reich he had an ep credit on that as well but he had no real involvement with the film uh you know he sold them the rights got the money and they went and made the movie they wanted he did suggest nicolau as the director though you know um, which I don't think Ted was too into. I don't think he had been a fan of the Puppet Master series per se. Yeah, because uh, he, he said
0: uh, in, a, in an interview I think that I read—I uh, can't remember if it was in print or if I, or I heard it on YouTube—but uh, that he was not a fan of the Puppet Masters because he likes to direct people, not puppets.
1: And 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 it's very much it. a—it's a very much a, a real thing, <laughs> you know. Like I know Billy Butler hates directing, like puppet stuff you know but i mean that's kind of become his thing lately so you know but it's it's definitely a, a kind of film that takes a certain kind of filmmaker though because you know you shoot all your people shit and then you got to shoot all your your puppet shit after the fact and you know it's it's it can be complicated so
0: yeah i can't imagine trying to do it myself i don't know
1: that i would even want want to attempt it as a director but that i just don't think i'd want to be on set for those parts (laughs) yeah be like can that just be second unit yeah it's like i'll pop in on the days where some of the actors are there and then i'll peace out and i'll I'll check back in later (laughs) so you know i just i don't know if i would want to be involved in in that aspect truthfully but And I don't think that was maybe much of much interest to to Ted either, but you know, he, he took it. He's a, he's a sport, you know, he took one for the team,
0: you know, he's a team player.
1: He did it, you know, and it was, it was, you know, an IP of Charlie's, you know, and and Charlie have had a working relationship for like 35 years now, not then, you know, but probably about, you know, good 20 years working relationship at that point. So, I mean, yeah, it's not a full-moon movie, but it's very full-moon friendly. It's it's still within the family, because so you have Ted directing. You had C. Courtney Joyner writing. You have Jeff Farley and Chris Bergschneider doing the effects. So it's in the family, but it's not under the full-moon roof.
0: Yeah, that's why I, 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 I prefaced when we first started uh, recording here that this is not necessarily a full-moon movie, but it, it is in direct relation to it, at least, you know.
1: Totally. It's yeah, it's, it's, and I think I might've heard you say this. It's full moon adjacent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. It which, makes sense. It makes sense to cover at a certain point. That's why, you know, I know folks at home uh, are used to us covering things in order. You know, once we cover a movie, we cover the first chapter and the second chapter. Well, this one is kind of a standalone. So I figured, you know, Hey, we can kind of fudge up the, the timeline a little bit with this one, but whew. now I, I got it. I gotta ask. Maybe you might agree or disagree with me. Like the, this movie is kind of marred with some over the top bad acting, but yeah. probably the best actor or actress in this movie is uh, Danielle Keaton is Alex Toulon. She's like the, the only one that seems to be invested in the in the the character in the character that she's playing. Like the Sylvia, the uh, for, I cannot pronounce her last name. Suvage? Uh
1: Sylvia. So, don't, is- don't. Sadova,
0: yeah, uh, that plays Sergeant Russell. Yeah. She, she is just, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. maybe maybe, she, maybe, it's just me being an asshole. But it's like, as soon as she came on, on the screen, I was like, my first thought was like, this actor is never, obviously never carried a gun before in their life and had no training as how to properly carry a gun. And uh, I, I, that's yeah. the first thing I look for when people are playing police officers or uh-huh. FBI or
1: you know, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a liberal guess here and say that in this movie, there were probably three solid English-speaking performers. <laughs> Feldman, Vanessa Angel, and the, the girl who played Alex. Um, I question whether almost anyone else in this movie actually spoke English. Oh, yeah. Pro- probably not. That. I mean, most of them probably were
0: uh, they were all uh, Bulgarian, so they probably, English, if anything, was not their first language.
1: I think most of them spoke English phonetically, and if it was good enough, it was left in the movie. If it wasn't good enough, they were probably dubbed with English by by a different actor. So, because a lot of them, and Sylvia Subadova is a good example as as the cop, because that she does not know English I don't care what anyone says <laughs> She doesn't feel like she Gets it No,
0: I felt I felt the same way And I didn't even know that when I was watching it that, that, But I had the feeling like mm, This he has the feeling a, of something With some bad ADR
1: I mean, you know, if you look at it this way I mean, you look back at a lot of Romanian Era set You know uh, Full moon movies from the 90s you know, if if you're well, if you're anyone well versed in Romanian full moon cinema, you know there were tons of supporting actors and regular extras that ended up in loads of those movies. Um, one one was a regular for Ted Nicolaou, uh, Ion know, Hajduk, who played the the cop in, you know, subspecies two, three, and four. Right,
0: right, right, you know,
1: right. I, Hajduk had been in tons of these Romanian films. And uh, Cloudy Utrend, Fear, was another one. And, you know, Serban uh, Celia, I probably totally slaughtered his name. But um, a lot of these people spoke the English phonetically and just, you know. I think Hajduk was good enough at delivering it that he was maybe mostly it was his voice. I don't think he always understood what he was saying. But, you know, it's yeah, just... He- you did it you just, well
0: enough where it was passable, you know? Yeah,
1: you just have to basically look at it in that, you know, it's like, it's like when they do movies in Canada. You know, it's really no different than making, it's, it's making a movie in a foreign country, period. You know what I mean? You get X amount of people that you can bring on <laughs> professionally that you can fly in, whether it be a budgetary thing or it is a political thing as far as filmmaking behind the scenes situations you know because some countries you're expected to have x amount of local cast you're expected to have x amount of local crew because if you're bringing the production there you're expected to bring work yeah you're need.
0: expected to bring you know some money into the you know the exactly. the country oh
1: so, you know in a lot of cases like that you know perfect example bad example but still you know an adjacent angle uh Example is like when Republic was making a lot of their direct to video sequels in the 90s, like Witchboard, you know, mm-hmm. I know which three specifically, and some of the Night of the Demon sequels, especially three, you know, they were shooting a lot of those in Canada. And one of the rules in Canada was that, you know, those those were both Kevin Tenney properties. You could only have an American either write or direct. They couldn't do both. Oh, uh, see, I didn't know that wrote which board the possession and he wrote night of the demons three he wasn't allowed to direct them because they were being shot in canada they had an american script so they had to have a canadian director so that makes
0: sense though you know you got to put you know if you're coming to that country to to shoot something you got to put some of those the the people the locals you can put the locals to work you know they don't want you just coming in (laughs) and making a mess of things and not, not bringing any money to the
1: economy Totally. So I think in, in a lot of cases, like like this, yeah, obviously you just you have to have a lot of locals, and sometimes that might add to a weird vibe, especially if it's. I think it's more prevalent maybe in a lot of, say, the Pulse Pounders films that Full Moon made in the late '90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of like kids films, and it's supposed to be you know middle America, <laughs> but like everyone looks clearly like Middle Eastern. So <laughs> right, right. It's just, it's just the way it is. But I feel like most of this entire cast is they, they don't know English. So, um, it, and for
0: all nice. intents and purposes, uh, you know, Corey Feldman might as well be speaking Swahili when he's talking because I like I to I, do, <laughs> me yeah, and my wife watched this together and we were laughing at his voice in this. This like obviously trying to do an old man voice. It was just like, oh. <laughs> it uh, I did I uh, get a good laugh out, out of it though
1: yeah a lot of the performances just have a very alien <laughs> vibe to them so and you
0: know and like speaking of like the uh, performances and whatnot of vanessa angel usually a very good actress does not give a great performance in this and like i, I think she She's having fun doing it. She's obviously, you know, chewing up the scenery and having a good time with it. But her character, Miss Sharp, you know, is supposed to be the villain, the main villain. But she just does not come across as very, very menacing or truth or doesn't come across as truthfully menacing, if that makes sense.
1: You know, what, in, in the scope of it being a demonic toys movie, too, it's very out of touch thematically to have the toys even be working for a human. So. Yeah. It just feels very off to me in more ways than one, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I do like? I I will say one thing I
0: like about this. There's the ongoing uh, trope that happens uh, like three times or maybe it was just twice in the movie where the Miss Sharp character, the Vanessa Angel plays gets a victim and says i want you i want to introduce you to the board of the directors and after the first time you just realize listen listen uh, we already seen this we know there are no board of directors you're being you're going to mean take downstairs to be sacrificed in their dungeon mm-hmm. <laughs> i do like that aspect of it
1: and one uh, thing i think is you know quote air quotes funny is that you know they bring the first girl down and it's played for for laughs where like they bring her down and she's like here's the board of directors and it's it's obviously demonic toys and baby oopsie's like oh yeah well blah, blah, you know like saying whatever silly hey toots bullshit. you know bullshit yeah oh well, let us have a piece of her and then like miss sharp lets the toys like sort of assault her <laughs> and oopsie like, flies over and like rips her shirt open and starts like motorboating her big boobs you know and they're like kind of suggestively sexually assaulting her to a degree like groping her and like physically attacking her and it's like played all silly and sped up and goofy you know
0: but it's yeah it. it's done in a very pg-13 kind of manner but it's still very uh how do you want to say the d- disturbing
1: wouldn't fly very well nowadays so
0: but yeah, like and the, the demonic toys, you know, for all their intents and purposes are kind of an afterthought in this movie. You know what I mean? For a movie that's like, you know, got demonic toys in the title, you know, they're they're kept in the backdrop, you know, for the most of the time. You know, I mean, I know I'm not uh, disparaging the, the the puppets at all, but they're in the forefront. They're in the, you know, the, the, the forefront of the, the action. You know, like when especially when the the industrial espionage thieves that are also on a side note very horrible at their jobs try to raid Toulon's, you know, yeah. lab, as you want to call it, you know, the the even the the, the puppets then are dispatched pretty easy with a little bit of fire. This
1: well, is it seems well, really silly to me. They're not very demonic, the toys themselves. And I'm someone who always keeps like You know, I keep that body count tally in my head. You know, and on franchises like this, it's always kind of amusing to keep a keep a scorecard of you know how many kills each of these types of characters have. And toys never really had good body count. You know, no, no, not at all. People die in the first one. You know, and it's pretty much like a kill to each each of them. Uh, Yeah, and
0: this one that the puppets don't get very don't get. hardly any kills at all
1: and the toys don't really kill almost anyone in the in this in the doll man versus one either i think that movie's got like a total body count of like maybe four but um in this one too the toys they don't really kill anyone dude like the only person who gets a, a death oddly is the only toy who never killed a single person in the entire scope of the franchise and that's jack when he unleashes his scream and the Julian character's eyes explode.
0: <laughs> somehow, yeah, but, that, that was really weird because uh, I thought that was a very odd death. It was like the one time there was actually, you know, a little bit of legit blood and gore in the movie. I'm like, oh, that somehow got past the sci-fi channel's censors.
1: But, like, oopsie kills no one in this, and neither does, does the, the teddy bear. Like, they literally do nothing. And even where the puppets are concerned, I mean, the only one who actually gets gets a gets some kills is Six Shooter after he becomes, you know, cyber cyberized. And what did
0: and what did you think of that uh, when when Toulon or
1: um, that was a, bunch a of
0: Toulon, you know, revanced them.
1: Yeah, that was always something that had been kind of part of the concept was that they would incur some kind of damage and they would be quote-unquote souped up. Uh, There were, I want to say, there were prototypes made back in the day. They were going to actually do cyber puppet action figures back in the day, cyber puppet figures of those and stuff. But um, it felt like it was kind of shoehorned into this.
0: Yeah, it felt like an afterthought.
1: Yeah, it feels like it was shoehorned into this version of the story's plot because they're like, oh, this was an idea. We should still use it. And not let it go to waste. Because th- this movie obviously existed, like, script-wise, in numerous different story versions. Numerous, numerous, numerous versions. And, I mean, I, r- I remember there was a story about a girl that was going to buy them off eBay. There was this story, you know, and then Stores the Puppets in the Toyline Warehouse. There was one where, like, doll- I remember reading one story. Plot line breakdown where it was like doll man was like orbiting earth in a spaceship and he had like the two puppets with him and they go back down to earth like jason x style and find themselves at like the toy warehouse and the toys are there and they battle and i mean this movie existed in a lot of different written forms i think or at least visualized concepts
0: yeah yeah and i feel like any one of those concepts would have been better than this one just saying.
1: Always Something that always kind of seemed like a through line, though, is there was always that cyber puppet angle, and I don't know, when they bring the cyber <laughs> thing in, it comes out of nowhere, and they don't look very cool.
0: <laughs> no, they, like I said, this like the great value brand of it, but uh, so many things about this movie is great value brand. It, it's just, I, it what, seems...
1: And I, I don't want to be, hate. you know, I don't want to be a hater. I don't, you know, I'm not trying to, like, Diss any of the work that I know, like Bird, Schneider, and Farley are like really great effects guys, and they work really hard on the stuff they've done. And if they're making, like, you know, like a later bong sequel or something, you know, and they got to mess up that same prop from the first movie, like they always try, you know, tried to deliver the best they can on the money. So I'm sure they delivered the best of what they could on the the budget for this thing i just feel like it needed a bigger budget
0: yeah it just needed uh, it needed a few <laughs> extra dollars
1: <laughs> yeah to do it a proper justice because all the 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 little characters just feel kind of i know they weren't cheap but like from a viewer standpoint especially with what we've seen prior to this with either franchise they they just look way better and more articulate and more like actual characters because it's funny because the toys feel like more realistic characters than the puppets And this the puppets are so no pun intended but wouldn't
0: I I, I I see what you mean I, I get you
1: they just in a lot of scenes they just stand there they don't do anything and then when they do do something there's these overly ridiculous like zzz, 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 like these noises like they like they make these goofy sounds and they move and there's a lot of just like oh they're running they gotta move their arms up and down, up and down, up and down like they're some programmed toy or something. And they
0: Yeah, like like it's almost super exaggerated movements.
1: Yeah, they look and act like they're almost robotic when they're not. They just they feel like less of like real visualized characters, whereas you know, in some of the other Puppet Master films, they actually feel like real characters. I guess Baby see will always feel like a more articulate character just because she speaks.
0: Right, right. And, and, and Jack Attack, for that matter, because he's always cackling. He's always laughing and, ha- you
1: know... Even, you know, on some of the better films, you know, I mean, even, you know, some of the puppets would make noises. So, so, but... Yeah, I, I get you, I get you.
0: But <sighs> trying to think of what other little bits and pieces of this that I want to tear apart here now. Now, I, I'm not saying this as, as a as a negative, but the master, you know, the master demon Bale, when it comes out, he he, he looks like like he's Odorous Ungris's from Gwar's cousin. Yeah, he like, is. He, he looks like a Gwar extra.
1: And you know, I think that I think that he looks cool. I just don't think they show. I think they're too bad to see. He's shown too much in broad daylight, and or at least in a well lit room, I should say, because there's that point even in the climax where he's like, "Sun, sunrise has passed. You have failed." You know, and it's like, okay, well, you're in an enclosed room. You didn't see sunlight, but he's in a very well lit room, so we see the makeup far too clear, far too well. You know what I mean? Right, right. Sometimes you know, and that's say it doesn't look good. I think because I think he looks cool. He really does. Oh but yeah, he
0: does look cool. But you I can
1: want to overly like creatures like that though, because it lo- will look like a guy in prosthetic makeup, and he does. And I feel like in a lot of this, or the whole two weapon scenes, Bale is in. He's not shown enough cinematically he's wearing, like, like not the Santa shit in the last scene, but, like, in the first scene, you can see he's wearing kind of, like, he's wearing, like, leather, like, gear, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He has it's almost, wearing,
0: like, pseudo BDSM's type stuff. Yeah,
1: he's wearing some interesting costume and stuff, but it's, like, he's, he's shot so poorly that you can't really see any of the detail that went into constructing him as a visual character. You just see all the prosthetic shit yeah
0: and and i i think you know the the fact that this movie you know was conceptualized several different times before this version of it actually came out you know is that a lot of it is weirdly convoluted because they're never quite like for instance things that to me that don't make sense like uh a sharp character says i want killer toys you know she's like that's what she wants she wants to have a batch of killer toys but she already has them. Yeah, she already
1: has them. But I she think, already had a batch of killer toys, but now she yeah, wants... But they're, I think that they're bales, though. Not necessarily hers, per se. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, it's yeah, yeah. technical, like, like you know, I gotta mention that, I mean, as far as this movie, we're not really talking, like, plot A, B, C, we're just sort of, like, talking all about the... the well, there's
0: there's not a whole lot of plot to, to speak plot of. To
1: The when a a franchise hits 14 installments by today, but in my mind by today's standards. Okay. I remember a lot of fans getting really upset. They're like, no, Toulon can't be a Nazi and Lewis, like that goes against everything, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But here's the thing. Many Puppet Master films have almost essentially been reshoot like like reboots of everything we've seen. They sort of pick and choose what they want. Nothing really adds up. There's not a there's a flow, but it's not a consistent detail oriented flow. So if you want to change it up or switch details or plot points, it's not really a thing to me. You know, I just right. eh, I don't love this movie, but it doesn't really bother me in that it's it's just sort of like another rebooted timeline. That's why I don't really hate Littlest Reich. And, I don't mind Littlest Reich. I kind of enjoy and, it on a certain level. I don't like it either. Let me say that for the record. But I don't mind it because it's just, it's like another reboot. It's, they, people were saying, oh, they're remaking Puppet Master. Well, they didn't really remake Puppet Master. They just made their own Puppet Master story, which is no different than most of the sequels. They just kind of tell whatever story they want. Doesn't really have to follow anything if, if it didn't want to, you know what I mean? So, like, this movie and, like, Willis, like, they don't bother me in that they're not consistent but this one it takes some real creative liberties because Jean-Paul Toulon was that his name
0: yeah Jean-Paul Toulon who the hell is Jean-Paul Toulon
1: adventure <laughs> in the Renaissance era made a deal with Bale to have the the secrets of the alchemy and he brought his to I don't know he was given the secrets of the alchemy <laughs> And when he came to take his soul, his soul had intermingled with a tree. I don't understand that.
0: Yeah, I I don't get it either.
1: The puppets themselves were then carved from the enchanted wood from the Toulon tree. That's why they have the magic of life in them, but they have to be animated with the blood of a Toulon. So it's like... It's it's another way of just basically rewriting the backstory and or rewriting the approach of how the puppets are animated. Sometimes it's a magic spell, sometimes it's a serum, sometimes it's enchanted wood. <laughs> you know? So other times
0: it's the
1: creator's blood, I guess. Yeah, or or I mean, hell, let's go with I mean, you saw Blade, the Iron Cross, didn't you? Sometimes yeah. it's psychic energy. <laughs> so because blade's not even got any serum in that movie elsa or whatever her name was uh, i think it was elsa yeah elsa i'm like i said that and then i'm like wait a minute that's Tulan's life but ivan ivanov's daughter animates blade by using psychic energy so i mean you can pretty much just bring him back a little the fuck you want it don't matter
0: they're just supernatural puppets. Who, need, who Who cares how they have to get brought back, right? It's just, just whatever,
1: whatever serves the point of this specific story. It, it, all bets are off. It doesn't matter. So, I mean, well,
0: I, I love. I do love it. Now in this movie, the daughter is the key to everything. When she finds out, when she brings that poster to her dad, the, the heavy metal band poster with the the symbol on it for the. Uh, sharp industries it's like listen everything i need to know need to uh, you know all i needed to learn i learned from this heavy metal poster dad
1: yeah and it was what was the band called altar of blood
0: altar of blood
1: and yeah and yeah it's just like one of those like moments of convenience hey wait i've had this thing hanging in my room all along here's the answers (laughs) so
0: and, like, he's like, you listen to this kind of garbage? And, like, I would never allow it. And, like, oh, Dad, I just went through a phase. And it's like, a phase? You're, like, 19 or 20.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a phase of listening to, like, satanic death metal. I don't know. <laughs>
0: they, were, they were taking a page out of that 80s, 90s era satanic panic thing, I think, a little bit. They were doing a wink and a nod to it. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, okay, this is going to seem like me nitpicking. But we all know I'm a nitpicky bastard, so I won't apologize for it too much. But, like, the, the the funnest part of this movie is when all of a sudden from one scene to the next, Corey Feldman's character, Tulan, has that bandage on his nose that's bloodied when mm-hmm. he said he got his nose broken. His nose wasn't broken because the cop even looked just like, I don't think it's broken. It was not bleeding, but all of a sudden he has this bloody bandage on his nose with this line that looks like it was drawn on with a red sharpie. (laughs) I was like, I I genuinely, I I guess I got to come up higher on this movie than I than um I previously was thinking about it because it did make me laugh a lot. Now whether or not that all that was meant to be intentional, I don't know.
1: Yeah, if if you take it on the the silliness factor. I think you can find a lot of amusement in it, but, like, as a Puppet Master movie, it doesn't rank well for me. As a Demonic Toys movie, I maybe don't hate it that much, because there's not really as much to compare against, statistically, you know? But well, yeah, uh, there's
0: no, there's not as, as many uh, chapters in the Demonic Toys stories as there is about Puppet Master movies, that's for sure.
1: There's only, like... Three official Puppet Master movies, and then like this fake installment, and then the Oopsie spinoffs. So,
0: which I find it, the Oopsie spinoffs to be much more satisfying
1: than this movie, far more superior than than most of the actual Demonic Toys content, truthfully. In yeah, my yeah. It, I will. It is of note, too, though, that you know, when this movie was made, this was this premiered in, premiered for Christmas of 04. In '06, we got the first Evil Bong film. One of the Bong World cameos was Jack. When oh, that's right, yeah, in the first Bong World, wasn't it? And mistakes him as some kind of like a jukebox or something, and she tries to like crank him, and then this movie's Jack pops out of the box. Was it this movie's Jack? Was. I'd have to rewatch that because I didn't, I didn't, I e- admit the, I didn't notice that. The, the primary EB prop was built by father, and Burschneider, so, you know, it's all the same hands, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I guess, uh. Like we have, like the, we did, they did do like the the second wave of puppets in this movie. I mean, I'm making a weird segue here, when the first wave, that's the first battle, when the industrial espionage thieves come in, and they set fire to the place, and you know they burn up a little bit. So we get like you know, battle weary puppets. Mm-hmm. They're they're they they have a cool look, but like uh, some of them. But man, I I, I really like like the uh, battle-weary
1: six-shooter, but... they don't ever
0: are they're never really fully conceptualized they're never allowed to really like bust off I mean except for Six Shooter he's the only one that really gets to use his quote unquote new powers or you know new abilities or whatever you want to call it but everybody else is just kind of just gets a new look and there's just like hey we you know we just rebooted your look you got a makeover
1: yeah <laughs> Like, Six Shooter has the most, because he's got, like, laser-beam guns then, and he has, like, this, like, sort of Terminator-ish-looking, like, pat, robot patch over half his face.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's...
1: But then, like, Pinhead just got, like, robot hands. I don't know, they don't look as big anymore to me. And Blade, I don't even remember what Blade's soup-up was. Didn't he just have a different knife hand? Maybe. And then, like... Jester did. Jester have like the like a like a club mace thing for a hand? Yeah, yeah. That he hardly even gets to use. <laughs> it's just, it's like, and they don't even use any of that really. At, at the end of the fight, Blade just does this like weird like circular spin thing and just chops up the Teddy Baron like two seconds flat. And Penhead just squishes Oopsie's head and knocks her into the the pit. And Jack. I don't even remember what happened to Jack. He was the one he got punched by Jester, didn't he? Yeah, I think so, yes. They're just all they're all defeated so like lazily. And for a body count too, the movie has like, you know, a ten ish plus body count, but like most of them are just like people being shot with guns. Yeah, which or, is really or- weird because that's not usually
0: a full moon MO, I you know, know.
1: but Shot off cam- or being killed off camera as like the virgin sacrifices. Oh yeah, so it's just I, it's a it's a big body count for the for for this kind of movie. But it's like they're all wasted deaths because there's nothing. The most original, like cool death in the movie is actually when Julian's eyes explode.
0: Oh yeah, when Jack attack uh,
1: Jack does the
0: the scream makes his eyes blow up. Oh, oh, That's
1: Because that's like the most, it's like the most cool kill in this movie from the most unlikely, like, toy that doesn't kill anyone. Jack doesn't kill people. (laughs) He did in this one. It's the only one. one, Because he doesn't kill anyone in Dollman versus, and in the first one, uh, everyone but him got one kill. Because he killed the homeless girl and Teddy, I think, was the one who killed Chernitsky.
0: Yeah, it was Teddy. Yeah,
1: but and, and uh, Barry Lynch got killed by uh, Mister Static.
0: Now, what do you think was the thought behind? <laughs> I, I I know you didn't like it, and I didn't. I didn't like the idea either. But what do you think the thought was going into? Baby Oopsie's flying, ass but bongo flying power. Uh, I rocket thing. I. Well, i when that first happened i i paused it rewound it a bit and played it again because i was thoroughly convinced that i did not see what i had
1: just seen it's so out of nowhere to me that i i don't know dude i hate it though it's actually the thing i hate just about this movie i hate it hate it hate it hate it hate it hate it <laughs> <laughs> same same like uh, like onesie Fucking britches pop open and like her butt's hanging out and I don't like the fart jokes. I don't know. It's just, uh, either. It's just something that I kind of, I don't really find fun in that anymore. So.
0: <laughs> I don't, I, I don't mind a good fart joke. I have no problem with a good fart joke, but it wasn't a good fart joke. It just wasn't.
1: I was going to say good fart jokes are few and far between in my opinion. So, <laughs>
0: Right. I hear you. I hear you. I understand if it isn't your thing. Uh, I, I got one or two more little gripes here before we, we wrap this up. Now, I got a... The the line that Miss Sharp has when she's trying to get into to, uh, Toulon's pants, she's like, you know, she says something to the effect, was going to kill you anyway. I, I wanted to give you the chance to some mercy sex. That line was so fucking ridiculous. You could tell... Miss Angel, Vanessa Angel, was not into this. She was just like, you want me to say what? It was just like, it was so Um, ridiculous. It's a funny line, though. (laughs) It's it's a funny line. Oh, yeah, Uh, there's so much, like I said, whether or not it was intentionally funny or not, but man, it made me laugh. Like She's like, I want you to impregnate me. Oh, wait, no, I want you to make love to me. Like, well, there's kind of a big difference between the two. Kind of a big difference. Just saying. But uh, the, other, the other thing that I thought was a big plot hole was at the very end, after everything's going down, uh, Officer Russell, the police officer, she literally waits to after all the action is done and after the shit has completely hit the fan to call and warn her family about the dolls that she brought home with them. <laughs> she had her own dolls like, oh, yeah, I better call my family and warn them to throw those dolls out like yeah. you wouldn't have thought about that sooner
1: yeah you would you would think but i mean being that they were all defeated the toys should have been okay
0: right yeah but i still wouldn't feel comfortable about leaving you know my my loved ones at home on christmas you know with these pseudo killer dolls that could just you know if, if anything has ever taught, taught me about any kind of full moon movie, well, any kind of horror sci-fi movie, of that matter, it any kind, is that mm-hmm. dead doesn't mean dead a whole lot. That just means dead for now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because even even when all is said and done, you know, the toys all get killed, but, you know, there's just, like, that unnecessary, like, illogical cameo by Baby oopsie right at the end. Oh, and, yeah. And, and not... The- crushed with any of the green she's got like had like green goo coming out of her head like she was michael myers in part six or something but like none of the,
0: <laughs> right
1: and she's just kind of like chilling on the on the rim of the the pit and addresses the audience in a sort of you know fourth wall breaking moment and then just sort of pops back in the hole for no reason um, hey, i
0: if, if anybody can get away with breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience, audience's baby you see damn it she can get away with it yeah, I I guess <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find something here to grab on to. Help me, man. Help me here. <laughs> uh, but I did. I, I don't know. I I, I will have to. That's one thing. Uh, We're well, trying to find the note I had here. Where in the heck was it? Oh, there was the, the, the difference between using blood to resurrect the demons and using blood as part of the formula to resurrect the puppets and toulon was object or um, toulon's a daughter i think it was that objected like oh my god she uses blood to re- you know to resurrect these you know demonic to- to- toys and whatnot that's just gross that's disgusting what's the difference yeah
1: they're you're... both they're both sure.
0: using blood
1: Whereas that's a big difference too, is that in this one it's Toulon blood, but and and the idea of the the master that resurrects them was kind of always an a re- an irrelevant point. You know, there's nothing. There was never anything special about Toulon blood in a lot of the other installments. It was a serum that was made using brain tissue. So, but you know, like
0: you said, this isn't the only. You know. uh, Puppet Master slash demonic toys movie that kind of rebooted things, or rebooted it at least to a point where they kind of came up with their own their own logic, their own logistics and stuff. So I, I can forgive it, but I'm just met the character herself was just like, oh, that's just gross. And it's like, wait a minute, but you're both using blood to resurrect these toys slash puppets. I don't see uh, any kind of diff.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you're using like two drops to animate the puppets, and they're just like sacrificing virgins and draining the blood. It's like it's whether it's a couple drops or eight pints, it's it's still blood.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I don't I don't know that I can <laughs> I don't know that I can uh, poop on this movie unceremoniously much anymore I I feel. I, I feel bad for those involved because, it, it, you know, they tried. They obviously tried. They they went out to set out to make a movie. They made a movie. I have nothing but massive amounts of effect for this. Uh, m- massive amounts of respect for the special effects team that worked on this. I have nothing but massive amounts of special of, of the massive amounts of respect for C Courtney Joiner, especially for Ted Nicolau, but. I just got to say this movie just didn't work for me. It just, you know, I, I, can't, I, I will say one thing I will never, never bullshit our audience and never bullshit uh, you as a co a host and a friend and everything. and never say, Oh, I like this movie, but cause I'm never going to say I liked a movie. If I didn't, I can't yeah. help it. I just didn't care for it. So yeah.
1: I'm
0: going to, I'm going to come to the in- inevitable portion of our show where I got to ask, for if not final thoughts on this movie, if you have any, <laughs> but just a rating on a scale from one to ten, if you can muster it.
1: So you know, from those Paramount days, you know this this was always the one we we waited for. <laughs> you know, yeah, this, that one I waited t- years for this movie. Yeah, this was like that one title they said you know like fuck that's gonna be a thing you know and it was like that yeah, that's the one we wanted all these years later. You know, and when we finally got it, it just, you know, like I had said before, it just was not what I had hoped for. Uh, it's unfortunate that they couldn't do it with Paramount because I feel like it would have been a much better film. i I feel like it it tries to do some stuff, you know it's it's never really boring. yeah, uh, it's never boring. I will I will give it, it that much I, I can never I can't say that it's never really very good either though it's 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 trying to do things but at the end of the day too it's just really overly silly and goofy and tonally doesn't match anything that came before it which i guess is okay because it's you know it's a standalone thing but um the, the casting is off the foreigners in the movie just give it a really weird vibe the effects I feel like aren't as budgeted as they should be. You know, it's just, everything is just weird in it. Like, what is a doll hospital? What is the Toulon doll hospital? We didn't even discuss that. Like, is that like a whole business where they just fix broken toys? You know, like, it's just so much is just not there for me. But it is, it is funny, you know, funny to laugh with and at, at points. You know, and I, like we said, you know, Ted Nicolaou is a powerful director. See, Courtney Joyner is an incredible writer. We know these things, and Ted Nicolaou gave us the fucking subspecies franchise. Yeah, it gave us, you know, bad channels too for crying out loud. I'll go on record and say, like, we haven't discussed it yet on here, but like, I think Bloodstone Subspecies 2 is one of the greatest masterworks in the entire full canon. I think that movie is.
0: Oh, I'd agree with you at that 100%. If I had to pick one or two movies that were the, the crown jewels, it would be
1: Bloodstone and Trancers 3. It's, yeah, which ironically hit both of the primary figures behind this movie. Like, you know, because Subspecies 2 is, it's, it's, it's a perfect movie. And, uh, puppet master three was written by c Courtney joiner and like i said he is he is a fantastic writer he's an incredible director with trancers three and
0: lurking fear
1: but the funny thing is is it's like you know this the same guy who wrote this also wrote you know uh trancers six so and i believe both this and maybe not this i don't remember uh no it was Puppet Master, The Legacy, and Trancers 6 were both written by C. Courtney and under C.M. M. Gene Yarborough. Uh, yeah, which is odd, because obviously he wrote the best, and then he wrote what's basically, in my opinion, the, probably two of the
0: worst. Yeah, that, does, uh, that doesn't make much sense to me how that, that worked out. But yeah, and same I as still with, have nothing but admiration for the man. Yeah,
1: and same as with Trancers, he wrote and directed the best transfer movie, Part Three, but then he wrote Part Six, which is the worst. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't blame him, you know. But uh, I think they're just you know, you always set out to make a good movie, do you put your best foot forward, and sometimes the the cards don't all land on the table the way you want them to, and the movie just ends up not being what people want. So I don't think that this is a good movie it's an amusing movie but I will not say it's a good movie um, same. same and like I said I've gotten I've become desensitized to it over the last 18 years I'm not the angry you know 26 year old I was back when it first debuted so, <laughs> but,
0: I, I feel like I'm a little more angry about it because I didn't see it until just now or, until yeah, today until 18 <laughs> later so
1: <laughs> I mean it sat with me for you know the better part of two decades so I've, I've eased up on it a lot but I'm not gonna still say that it's a better better film than I thought it was back then because it's really not you know um, I, I feel like I want to give it a higher rating but it still might feel high to you I'd give it a 6.5 ooh Sir, I don't know Which, how you can do uh, it. You know, in my opinion, you know, by like grade school standards, that's like a D.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh I can't give a quite that high uh I mean I agree with a lot of what you said. It's a fun movie. I, it's not I, a
1: I, I rewatched this before I watched the original Doll Man again. Oh man. I'd re-watch I rewatched it. I don't know if I can forgive you for that statement. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This before I would rewatch other movies Ted's done for Charlie, like Ragdoll or the Horrible Doctor Bones.
0: <laughs> yeah, I still am not seeing Horrible Doctor Bones, but by all accounts, from what really? you've been telling me, it is not a great movie.
1: <laughs> Good. It's you know what? You picture everything that's right and perfect and wonderful in the world about Bloodstone subspecies. To take every bit of that out of the movie, and that's what you have: Horrible Doctor Bones oh gosh that's bad oh, that is bad. unfun piece of garbage like this is more fun than that <laughs> so, i will say that uh, i will agree with you that this movie is fun it's it's never boring i can't like super super hate on it because it does it, it does amuse me even if in bad ways but it does amuse me so
0: yeah um I, i'm coming in at a three and a half I, I'm struggling to give it more oh, than that. Ma'am? What's that? I just said, oh, I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were probably expecting me to come in even lower than that.
1: I was, yes. <laughs> Our chat probably brought you up from like a two to a three and a half. So. My, my,
0: my original rating when I had written my notes was two and a half. There you go, and, so. and I came up a full point. As I usually do. I usually either
1: come up a point or down a point, depending on our conversations. And ironically, you know, I, 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 even though I said, I, 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 am more forgiving of it and find it more amusing than I did back in the day. I actually lowered my rating. Cause I was originally thinking I would probably give it maybe a 7.5 or something. Oh. Cause, but I just, I can't justifiably give it what in my mind would be like a C cause it's not a C film. It's a, it's a D film. It's at least D minus man. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> but I will say this: it's it's a fun movie. Six I points. had fun <laughs> riffing on it. I had fun riffing on it, like a like a r- tracks kind of thing, or a Mystery oh. Science Theater three thousand kind of way. I had fun tearing it apart. If that makes sense, absolutely. Because, like, when I was watching my, my wife, we both had we both had quite a few chuckles because it was a first time watch for both of us, and we both had a lot of laughs going what the fuck was that like if we said what the fuck was that once we said at least 10 times during this movie like what the fuck were they thinking but you know she's seen several of the uh, demonic toys and, uh, and puppet master movies along with me and even she was just like I don't know what they were thinking with this one I'm like I don't either but it's fun so I even though I usually have a cutoff point with a five I always say five is my cutoff point of being able to recommend a movie now for those of you at home who like a good, bad movie, you know, I can't say this is a good, bad movie, but it's a fun, bad movie. So if you want to laugh, something you want to, you know, pop some popcorn, drink a couple of beers or smoke a doobie, you know, you know, sit around, hang out with a rabbit at his new pizza, you know, his new pizzeria and like ha- smoke a joint or something, you know, <laughs> have a six
1: pack of brews. <laughs> In the back of my mind, I picture what will eventually become Evil Bong Nine, and it will totally be like Rabbit running a pizzeria. (laughs) Well, he was already had you know his beanie weenie fucking uh,
0: restaurant in Infinity High, so I mean you know
1: his 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 fancy restaurant and his bowling alley and and a head shop, so it seems right up his alley. So. Well, maybe they can hire me to write – the,
0: or, hell, hire the both of us. We'll write them a new Evil Bong movie that takes place at a pizzeria-slash-movie theater where he's only watching bad movies, and this could be the movie they're watching. (laughs) There you go. But, you know, still, uh, I I can't quite say I'm glad I finally watched it, but (sighs) – I'm relieved I finally watched it because by all accounts, you know, all accounts, it's, it's a bad movie. It is. But, you know, know, I have a thing for bad movies. This one's just not one that I will probably ever watch again, but I'm glad I finally did watch it because now I can finally say that I've watched every single, you know, puppet master and demonic toy movie. So I'll leave it at that. I'm glad I'm a completist and I want to see everything that, you know, every chapter of a story. So, i'm happy i finally watched it and i will leave it at that yep mean,
1: uh, rushing out to to buy the overpriced used dvd
0: no no i will not now if somebody wants to send me that dvd for free so i can complete my collection that's that's another story entirely but no i will not I'll, be spending hold, 60 to 80 dollars for this
1: hold out for the eventual vestron blu-ray <laughs>
0: what you don't think this will be put out
1: by fucking uh severin or uh you know arrow video or something i think the criterion comes out for christmas
0: yeah they're gonna do a double bill of that and uh, bud the chud i hear bud was long
1: overdue so
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man well folks Listen at home, I, I assure you, I promise you, the next movie we're going to do is going to be much more classic. It'll be much more in tune with regular Full Moon. This was the one oddity that I wanted to get out of the way at some point. I figured it would only happen whenever that I you know, somehow came across this on DVD, but thanks to whoever you know managed to get it uploaded to Tubi because at least I didn't have to spend $80 to watch it, and I'm very happy because I would have been about seventy eight dollars too much
1: Woo. <laughs> but like, crying so hard right now what's that you'd be crying so hard right now
0: oh I'd be like Jesus man I could have like put a quarter tank of my uh, a gas in my car for eighty dollars yeah right <laughs> <laughs> uh well dude I do want i want I want to say two things I want to thank you a for for weathering the storm and watching this again on my account to help do my silly little show here and i hope and two i hope you can forgive me for making you review this movie
1: i you know you could have asked me to watch far worse things like horrible dr bones or trance six but um you know i can take it it's uh there's far worse Puppet Master movies we could talk about, so... <laughs> yeah,
0: the first far worse things I could have
1: forced you to watch and forced you to review, right? I, I could think of two or three Puppet Master movies I'd much, rest, much less rather watch than this, so... Ooh,
0: shots fucking fired, boom.
1: Two or three, so you can think on that one, because you know I hate Legacy, but <laughs> there's a few others I'd rather watch.
0: Ooh, well, I guess we'll get to those eventually if, the, if we keep this show going to, at the rate that we're going. We'll we'll hit those eventually, right? Oh, yeah. But, um... Well, we're going to do the rest of them in order because, like I said, this was an oddity. It's like not technically, you know, a full-on, full-fledged, full-moon movie. But, you know, that's why we did this one kind of out of sequence. So the next one we're going to be doing is Puppet Master 2, which is infinitely, infinitely a much better film than this oh god apples and oranges dude oh yeah but <laughs> <laughs> apples and oranges are more like apples and horse turds i'm gonna say i don't know
1: <laughs> like caviar and chicken shit
0: so. <laughs> chicken shit and chicken salad sir here we go
1: and you know what if if puppet master were chicken salad there's that old saying you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit like it's just this movie just isn't like the first five movies. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not, unfortunately. But we got it
0: out of the way. We got it out of the way, and we don't have to think about it again for a long, long time. Bam. With that being said, I think we'll stick a pin in this one for the evening. I've tortured you long enough. I've tortured you folks at home long enough. Hopefully you've had fun listening to us uh, tear this movie apart a little bit, limb by limb. And if you want to support cinema degeneration and support uh, howling at the full moon you know how to do it you rate review subscribe you know we can find us anywhere you can find this type cinema degeneration into whatever little uh, podcasting app you use and we are virtually on every one of them and if you find one that we're not in yet hey message us uh, send us an email and let us know we'll get our get our little show on there as well But uh, everybody listening at home, I want to thank you for weathering the storm with us. We have been reviewing and dissecting Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys from 2004. So thanks for listening, folks.
1: And I'm off to meet our board of directors. (laughs) You do not want to meet that board of directors, I assure you. Mm Christy, there is absolutely nothing to worry about. We have something, oh, so fabulous in store for you. Come on.
0: What is this place? It's my own personal playroom.
1: Favorite place in the whole world. Well, don't be afraid.
0: I'm gonna let you play with my toys.